0: Everybody welcome to the Product Led Podcast. Today we're going to be actually doing a completely new format which we're really excited about. It's going to be less interview style, more kind of going through what do we actually cover in our Product Led Academy. So the way we're structuring this is every Thursday we have a coaching call where we go through a very specific part of the Product Led system and we implement it with the companies In the program and on these podcast calls, what we want to do to increase the level of transparency, what goes on in the coaching program, as well as give you some really actionable takeaways and tools to use in your business. We're going to go behind the scenes after those calls and just walk through here's what you could actually do to implement it so this way if you're more of a self-implementer you can learn exactly what we're going through implement it inside your business get some great results and one day uh, hopefully if we've done our job well you want to get some one-on-one feedback to actually implement in your business so this is the new format let us know if you like it if you hate it reach out to me personally on linkedin i'm always curious to hear what your feedback is for this podcast but without further ado laura our director of content at ProductLed is going to be asking me some questions about this specific topic. So let's dig in. Thank you so
1: much, Wes, for the introduction. So as Wes mentioned earlier, each week we're going to go through a different component that makes up the Product ProductLed system. And if you're not familiar with the Product ProductLed system, it's a series of nine components you need to master as a business to build a successful self-serve motion. And one of those components is data, which is what we're going to dig into today. So Wes, before we get into the specifics, I'd love to hear from you about how product-led businesses should be approaching data, because it is probably a very different beast than a sales-led SaaS business. So I'd love to hear from you about how we should approach it.
0: The way like we look at data product-led for that data component of the product-led system is there's really like three big pieces to it. And I think a lot of people try and overcomplicate it because it's easy, where you're like, There is so many types of different data to track. And so the very first level of data, that's really where you look at like financial data. So that is looking at how does cash move through your business? Are you making more cash at the end of every week or are you making less cash? And so what we installed was basically a weekly cash flow blueprint that just as a founder, you can see what is happening in your business to have a better feel for how cash flows through your business. Now, last week, what we covered Is really the second stage which is all about uh, product data and customer data so customer data is really about what are those big bottlenecks in your business so one of the, the kind of unique things we looked at is just what are the like main six stages you need to look at for your customer data to understand like where are those big bottlenecks in your business and so yeah the last kind of stage of this is really looking at product data so like what is your north star metric And are people consistently getting more and more value out of your specific product? So basically data is made of those three components, your financial data, your customer data, and then your product data. So that's kind of like the high level overview of how we look at data holistically at ProductBud.
1: All right. So let's back this up a bit and start from the beginning of these data sections that you pointed out. So when it comes to the financial data, What should a founder do to ensure they know what's going on in the business on the financial side of things?
0: Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to the data, the main financial data we look at is your cash. Like how does cash flow through your business? And so this is one of the fun ones for our coaching students, because it was like one of the first ones where it's like, you don't have to do this. You get to delegate this to your bookkeeper and it's going to help you a lot. And so basically there is about five key things you want to have in this email which it'll just update you so like the very subject line is just like your company name total assets that you have and what is the date and so you can do this on a weekly cadence ask your bookkeeper to update this and at the very top is like your one or two liner kind of like notes which just updates you on like hey is there like any big fluctuations in cash maybe you have a really big payment you got to make so you obviously want to know about that or you had a very big customer sign up or something like that. You just want to know like what is going on in this business and what is the main thing that's happening. And then you have your accounts. That's the third piece, which really just goes through all of your different bank accounts. Like what are the balances? What does that look like? And just adds it all up. So like, here's the total assets for the business. And then you have your overall receivables. So what are all of those amounts from different customers that are coming in for the business? And then the last part is just payable. So what do you have to actually pay as a business? And so, overall, like there's nothing crazy about this email. It's really straightforward. But why I really like it is because it keeps your focus on cash generation. And it's way too easy as a business owner to just run your business and not make any profit or even monitor. Like, are we growing our cash position as a business? And so, one of the most common challenges is you run out of cash as a founder, or you just start going negative as you grow your business, because maybe you didn't create your products right in a way where it's like, actually, when you sell stuff, it costs you a lot to fulfill that. And so you, over time, lose a lot of money, and that can be a very dangerous place to be. So this cash flow blueprint fixes all of that, like at Led as well, since we've implemented this, it's helped us over last year just save over $350,000, which is incredible. So it's just that awareness around how does cash move through this business and what should we do different? And your bookkeeper can make this really, really easy for you.
1: Yeah, I love that because a lot of the times we don't really look at the cash flow. I guess it's kind of similar to our personal finances where it can be a little bit cringy to reflect on. But as you mentioned, by bringing hyper awareness to the financial state of your business, it can really be a game changer. It's actually kind of crazy to to think about how much money you saved. So aside from not being aware of your cash flow, what are some of the other common problems you see companies make when it comes to data?
0: Big mistake to make is tracking everything or tracking too many things. So I can't tell you the number of times where it's like, what do you track? What's your company's scoreboard? And it's like, yeah, it's like 35 plus things. We had that a product led with a very small team and like some people had five to eight metrics that they were managing. And so whenever that happens, it's like, what do you pay attention to? It's nothing really because you're spread thin in so many different directions. And so that's kind of the the number one kind of thing to avoid, which we're going to get to. The other thing is no accountability. So if you just have a bunch of metrics you're tracking, but nobody's actually accountable for those metrics, not a lot of change happens. In order for like A players to have like ownership, you need to have like, actual accountability in place for who's responsible for what. Uh, so that's another thing we're going to cover. And then, yeah, just not segmenting users. So this is something where when you look at data at the top level, you might say, yeah, we have like 100 signups and of those signups got to value. And then, you know, maybe 10 or 20 of them became paying customers. So like, let's say that's your business, which is great uh, conversion rates. But Let's say for your ideal users, you're looking at there's only one of those people that's getting value and actually only one of them upgrades or something like that. So that would tell you a very different story than like the total amounts. And you might actually say, actually, maybe that isn't the right ideal user. Or inverse, maybe you have a really bad conversion rate from like free to getting to value in the products, but like for your ideal users, maybe they're those veterans, like they're techie, they get it, and for your ideal users, they're really good. So that's really kind of the first three things I would look at before you get into the data.
1: So when it comes to understanding the user journey from a data perspective, where should a founder start?
0: You basically have to break down your funnel into three core pieces. So the very first one is like, what goes on on the acquisition front? So that's pretty straightforward. People visit your site, people sign up. But then on the next stage for product like companies, at least it's all about engagement. So that's kind of the next big phase you got to monitor, which is for us, we break it down into two stages, which is setup, which is did they actually set up their account right? Did they go through the onboarding? Does that look really good? Did they get themselves set up for success? And then the next stage there is, did they actually reach first value? So that has to be something that is tangible. It's not just, yeah, they clicked around in our trial and maybe they saw what our product could do. No, it has to be like, they actually installed it. They actually rolled it out. They actually saw some tangible value out of this product. So that's engagement. The last kind of big phase you're gonna look at for your data is monetization, which is the first stage of this is what we call a key usage indicator. And that's really just looking at, okay, did somebody do something to a certain level that indicates that they really get the value of a product? They really experienced it. In the early days of Drift, as an example, Drift was like a conversational tool you could just add to your website, people could talk to you on your website. And for them in the early days, it was like, did people get 100 conversations with us on this tool? And that was a really good key usage indicator. And what they found out is that 30 to 50% of those people churned into paying customers if they hit that key usage indicator. So that's really why you wanna monitor that, especially as a product-led company. And then the last stage for monetization is, of course, upgrade. Are people actually upgrading at the end of this? And so that's really how we designed it to help you identify your bottleneck. And when you go through those six stages, you'll be able to, at a glance, understand, okay, how are users actually moving through our product? weird to the majority of them get stuck because that way, without that, you are flying blinds and you don't actually know what the big bottleneck is in your business.
1: All right. So for the normal founder who is just getting into this and wants to find their bottleneck, let's break it down into the six stages for them. What is the first metric they need to track on the acquisition side of things?
0: Yes. So first one you should have access to for sure if you have like Google Analytics or GA4 or anything like that. Actually, nobody has Google Analytics anymore. How sad. But it's visits. So number of unique users on your site.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're all kind of sad about the end of it, Google Analytics. But yeah, let's let's take a look at the second metric that founders need to understand.
0: Yep, for sure. So sign up. This is somebody signs up for your free product. This is not somebody signs up for your email tool. Or, like, email offer or anything for free. It is just your what is your free model? So, whether it's a free trial, a freemium model, did they sign up for that and complete that step?
1: All right. So, what's the third metric they need to track?
0: Yes. So for the setup stage, this is, they have gone through the onboarding process. This one's a bit more tricky because it could be different for every single product for something like a Netflix. This could be like asking your first time users, like what kind of like, do you prefer like movies or TV shows? And then going a bit deeper, like what genre do you prefer? Is it crime? Is it like action? What, what do you prefer? And then it kind of, They complete that checklist. Okay, great. Then they can recommend the next kind of like TV show or movie. So, like, could be as straightforward as that. Sometimes, for like different products like GA4 or something like that, it's okay, I've gone through the checklist, I've signed up and I've uploaded this to my website, that little JavaScript that's pretty important. And I've gone through that step so that now I'm done as far as like the actual heavy lifting setup stuff. So whatever that is, that's really important to define for your team and get on the same page because yeah, for the metric to mean anything, you gotta have that alignment as far as what is this stage?
1: Yeah, alignment is super important. I don't think we can really stress that enough if your team isn't aligned on the metrics they're really going to fall apart and be rather useless which is kind of what happened to our team so just keep that in mind as you go through this with your team all right so what's the fourth metric to track
0: yes so four is first value so when i initially went through this it was like okay what is that tangible value i'll give you an example because one of our like one-on-one clients they they struggled a lot with this initially And I think it might be relevant for some other folks. So they had initially a free trial and that was all they had. It was about 14 days. You could go through it. When we asked them initially what first value was, it was like people can go through, they can click around in this product and they can see totally like what this this product does. And then I was like, not quite. It has to be something that takes them to another outcome that we could use this product with. So like just showing people a demo more or less where we click around, not tangible value. So tangible value is like, it changed me. Like for Canva, that would be like, I create a poster. That's like tangible value. Intangible value is something where it's like, I'm clicking around, I'm not really getting much out of it. So yeah, that's first value.
1: And just to clarify here, first value is the same as the aha moment or the first strike, as you call it in your book, Product-Led Growth. All of these terms, first value, aha moment, first strike, they can all be used interchangeably, right?
0: Yes, totally. So first strike, first value, all like aha moments, maybe first moments, totally. Like those are all used interchangeably.
1: Thanks for clarifying that. All right, we're on the fifth metric now. What is that one that they need to track?
0: yes so this one's the trickiest one but it's the key usage indicator and so that's really just looking at what are some of those specific things that when people do them like their odds of becoming a successful customer skyrocket so the drift example i mentioned earlier like getting 100 people messaging you through the drift app that was for them like a key usage indicator like great let's put sales on that person (laughs) let's accelerate that deal they are hot they understand the value of the product for slack that could be as simple as okay they've had 2000 messages communicating with their team they truly get the value of the product they're integrated into this you know if it was 100 it's like they're just getting started an upgrade <laughs> not quite the right time so thinking about the right timing of this is really important because you don't want to do it too early and you also don't necessarily want to do it too late where they're like i'm just like getting so much value who needs a paid plan for this product so that is the the kind of fine balance of what this looks like and a lot of times your key usage indicator if you do your pricing right it should be very similar so an example for Mailchimp it could be something like your number of subscribers or contacts that people are using okay great they get up to like 2,000 free subscribers, boom. Okay, great. You have access to the value in those products. You are now primes, ready to upgrade at this stage. So thinking through this, it's going to be different for every business. But once again, just like the setup first value, get on the same page with your team. What is this key usage indicator? And look at your retention to understand like, okay, what did people do, your best customers, before they, they actually upgraded? Uh, because it might tell you some interesting stories and give you some ideas as far as what this could be.
1: Makes sense. Now, I want to pick your brain a little bit more on what a key usage indicator might look like, because this came up in the coaching call by a couple of students, and they had identified their key usage indicator as weekly active users, and you pushed back a bit on that. So can you explain why?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like For some products, it could absolutely work, but it doesn't really tell you if people are accessing the value in your product. So one of the, the examples I shared was with Amplitude or like any kind of product analytics solution. A lot of them have this as one of their metrics they track, which is, are they a weekly learning user? So do they share a report with some other people in the team? So that's a really good indicator that, okay, they're not just like logging into this product, but they're actually looking at the data. They're making decisions based on the data and they are finding net new insights in the data. So looking at that, it definitely tells you a different story, a better story of, okay, they're not just logging in. That's really where I want a lot of people to to focus is like, hey, maybe you start there. If you don't have fancy kind of product analytics, that's fine. But you eventually want to get to the point where you're very specific about they've done this activity um, because it should tell you, are they getting value out of this product or not? whereas that monthly active user does, doesn't does quite do it justice.
1: All right, thanks for clarifying, Wes. All right, now on to the sixth and final metric. Let's go. Which one is it?
0: Yeah, this is the one I feel like everybody's already good at. I always ask companies, I'm like, hey, like, what's your free-to-paid conversion rate? They, they always usually know this, uh, especially when companies are like, thinking about joining the program and everything, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm surprised Like, how many people know this, which is great. But then it's always those middle three, which is like the setup, the first value, the KUI that people don't have. And I think that's why a lot of times these free-to-paid conversion rates are low. It's because you haven't tracked that messy middle of all that data of where people are getting dropped off. And they just think it's like oh yeah we'll just skip from sign up to paid but it doesn't work that way at least for product-led companies.
1: All right so we have those six metrics to recap they are unique users, sign ups, setup, first value, key usage indicator, and upgrades. So a founder is tracking all of these metrics and what's the outcome of doing that? Why should they scrap away the other 39 metrics that they're probably currently tracking?
0: When you install a like You could easily do this in like a week for your business. Like that's kind of step one. But the next week, once you have that data kind of pooling in, you should be able to get a very basic idea of like, okay, where is the high level kind of like bottleneck in our business? with just tracking these six data points. And so initially within like two weeks, you're going to have that clarity as far as, okay, where are people dropping off? And then really where the growth and that progression comes, that is really in our next component, which is all about like your growth process and lining up your experiments to basically exploit like whatever that bottleneck is, you focus your entire team on like tackling that specific bottleneck. That's really where I I see a lot of companies Chagot, where it's like they spend a lot of time running experiments, but then it's not focused on that bottleneck. Like I was just talking to another company, they're a big public company. They spent two years, two years, kid you not, 100 plus person R&D company or it's just R&D like team. And they were focusing on the wrong bottleneck. And so that's just like, it can get to that point (laughs) where you're just like, How much did that cost you to like not know what your bottleneck is so most of you listening you're not at that stage but just think like if you don't get this like basic stuff right you will not grow as fast as you could so that's really what i'm trying to get at here is like when we have this great simple data foundation you make decisions faster because you have cleared in what is the bottleneck and then you can align your team resources and everybody around this to actually solve that bottleneck quickly Instead of taking two years to not sell it and millions of dollars. Yeah, no kidding.
1: That's a great story. Any final thoughts before wrapping up here?
0: I think the the big kind of point to just reinforce here is like don't overcomplicate it. We've spent like seven plus years analyzing product like companies to get to this point where it's these six data points that you should measure. And so try it. Don't tweak it right away. Just implement it as is, then see for yourself if you can identify that bottleneck before you get fancy, because there's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of data professionals that will tell you, oh, you got to track all these things. Um, But if you're just trying to understand what the heck goes on in your go-to market motion, these six stages will tell you exactly where the bottleneck is. And you can learn a ton from just these six stages.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Wes, for taking the time to explain how you approach data here at ProductLed. So it's the next step for founders here who want to take action.
0: Yep. So we want to make this as actual as possible for you. So uh, we have written a full kind of article that goes through how to actually implement this inside your business. And so we've linked to that in the show notes. You can go check that out. And one other thing we've done to make this create a bit of accountability and get some feedback from other community members who are on our free plan is you can join our free product that grows community. We'll link to it in that article as well and participate in building out this activity in a specific channel. So if you wanna learn from others, implement this, you have your next steps. Don't just listen and mindlessly consume content. We want to take you to the next level and make this extremely actionable for you. So there you go. Check out that article, go for it, implement it inside your business and let us know how you found it. Thank you for listening to the product-led podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews, and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.